I was supposed to tell this story about how Kane had this girlfriend that he killed in a car crash. And it was just insane. And it ends up, I'm at a funeral home with a dummy in a coffin. Oh, my God. With Kane's mask on, pretending I'm Kane. I'm on top of the coffin having mock sex with this man. Oh, my God. No. And, oh, Jesus and, Christ. Oh, yeah. And, and Vince is yelling at me. God damn it, do it harder, make more noise and stuff. It's gotta be over the top. I really did. I screwed your brains out. So is the new Raw so edgy that it's caught your attention and you can't you can't wait to watch the next episode? Are we calling it edgy? Is that the is that the term? Corey Graves said Corey Graves said shit on national television, Brian. That is yeah. the most shocking and edgy thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It get bleeped or anything? And it was abs- It was bleeped on Hulu. They wouldn't. They wouldn't allow that on Hulu because. Uh, and I, has has the company issued an apology? I haven't seen one because it, it it seems like it was completely. I should spon- expect one. It was very spontaneous and not contrived at all. It seemed like just a natural reaction that, that Corey Graves had. No, uh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. It definitely uh, seemed authentic as hell. That's very. That was like so. That was so staged. All that shit was like, and they're acting. The next night of SmackDown, they were like, "Yes, uh, there was a situation where uh, Ron Strowman and Bobby Lashley were fighting each other, and uh, they electrocuted the shit out of each other, and they may be dead. We'll keep you up to date." It was like so. I, I guess it was just a. And I guess I may be trying to look too deep into this, but it seems like it maybe it's just uh, just pure shock factor. I mean, that's all it was about, just yeah, to get but people's you, attention and people to talk about it. I don't think it was like to – in other words, I don't think it was like meant to like you know, give somebody a, a month off you know, or something like that. I think it was – yeah, that's all it was. I mean, but there's no way to really – the the shock, pardon the pun, factor. I mean, you can't. Really, oh, right. Yeah. As fans, we're not all like, "Oh my god, I can't believe that happened." And it was, I don't know. It seemed. Yeah, I, I mean, it was okay. I mean, it was something different, I guess. It's different in the, in the, in the sense of the exact thing. I, you really don't see that very often. But the shock factor itself, we see from time to time. But that was pretty interesting the way they did it. I thought. I mean. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've just got mixed feelings about it. Basically, it's a, it was okay. I mean, I, I've seen worse. Anything that they do at this point to try to turn things around is going to be scrutinized pretty heavily, and it's going to be like, wow, oh, you guys are. It's clear well, they brought this, it on themselves. You're trying too hard, dude. You're just at this point. It's like we can't. Don't you know, don't worry about putting on a good show. Don't worry about the boys cutting like creative promos that are not scripted. Just let's just make these wild swings, and everybody will go, oh man, look how hard they're trying. Yeah, it's like you're not fixing what's broken kind of thing. It's it's bizarre. Everything. I don't know. What do you think about Bischoff coming back? The more I think about it, it's just it's it's, it's kind of odd in a way. And maybe we just don't know the real story behind Bischoff and and McMahon. But it seems like of the two people he's going to bring back or bring to to help him out with this or whatever the real reason is, I can see Heyman. You know, he's been there, done that with McMahon, and I think uh-huh. they've got. With the exception of the whole Stephanie thing, I don't. You know, they it was get a long problem. It was a well, yeah. you know, and Stephanie also had problems with Pritchard too. Well, the true, yeah. Uh, yeah. So there you go. And so, but the Bischoff, and, and I can see Pritchard coming back, even though it, I'm not saying it's the right thing to do or whatever. But I can. It's not like they had any kind of 
huge falling out or anything. There's no walls built between them or, or what. But the whole Bischoff thing is just that's the one that kind of stuns me because I never really got I never really got the idea that they were they trusted each other even though he was on you know Bischoff did his thing on WWF for a while uh, or WWE whatever the hell it was at the time and and I just it's just weird that he's going to apparently move to Connecticut you know Bischoff is up and moving up there and 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 making you know like this is a long term kind of deal so I it just I don't know it just amazes me that of all people that I don't know who else he could have picked but Bischoff just seems I don't know. It just seems that, how long is it going to be? Honestly, wow. before they, you know, they give a ringy dingy out in Colorado to, Ke- uh, to Vincent Kennedy Russo. Well, <laughs> well, it can't be as far off as we might think. With I know, this one, you know, it seemed like a crazy kind of thing that they would at this. But it's like, oh, you're getting the band back together. Well, the band kind of sucked, so I don't know why you'd be getting them back together. I'm not really sure what the point is of all this happening. I think the I don't know even know if the company is saying this per se, but the way you could spin it is like, well, this has always been our plan because Mr. McMahon is going to be uh, very heavily involved with the XFL and he will not be able to spend as much time with the the W word product. So we're going to need uh, you know some more help, and so it's really not a big deal when everybody knows that it's an act of complete and utter desperation. And that they're scared shitless about, you know, going on Fox, especially coming up uh, in just a few months and shit in the bed. So uh, apparently this means that that he kind of trusts or does it mean that he trusts Bischoff over Heyman for dealing with Fox? As it looks like that's what the case will be if everything holds like it is. I think the deal with with him is I think Bischoff has more success and being kind of a salesman with um like the executives at tv networks and shit like that right then Heyman does i mean Heyman has interfaced with a lot of the powerful people and stuff like that but i don't think he's done it as effectively probably you can make that point that that bischoff has um so i think that's what that was i think that's like and i don't know if specifically you know the the people who were in charge of 21st now are like I don't know if they went to him and, and said, hey, um, do you know this guy and are you comfortable? And they were like, oh, yeah, we love, yeah, we know Eric. He's got a great reputation and blah, blah, blah. And I, I don't know if that's the case, but it kind of feels like that might be what happened is that he's going to be the guy that's going to try to smooth things over and kind of interface with um, the people at 21st who are going to be you know, overseeing this project and he's the one that's going to have to make the excuses when the numbers are so shitty, but it's, you know, <laughs> well, can, 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 in the end here, can we say that, that Bischoff, at least as of right now, kind of got the last laugh on McMahon because McMahon ended up calling him. Can you come help me out, pal? Yeah. Yeah. So the door's always open, pal. Um, I don't know. You know, again, I think a lot of a lot, I think Conrad would like to think that it's every you know Vince McMahon is stealing away everybody who worked with him. So I guess Cassio Kid's going to do their fucking music or some shit now. Yeah, I, can't wait. I can't, Cassio Kid's going to be the he's going to get that old the comedian spot on the on the Raw announce team. I don't know. <laughs> the one that Rob Bartlett used to have in the opening uh, episodes of Raw back in the nineties. Oh damn. Um. So man, I don't. 
you know, I, I, I don't know if he got the last, I guess he did in a way get the last laugh, but I mean, we're going to see, I'm sure he set up a nice deal for himself, but I, I still think the um, possibility for this thing to crash and burn fairly quickly is there. And oh yeah. I mean, if how, you were a how betting man, if you, if this was a Vegas thing and you were like, who gets fired first? Is it going to be Heyman or is it going to be Bischoff? Which way would you go? Oh, I'd say Bischoff. I'd say Bischoff too, only because I think the pressure is way more on him. Even though, oh Raw, no, for everything, yes. Raw's always been Vince's baby, etc. But being on network television and being on Friday night and signing the huge deal that they did and, and getting in with the the people who represented them, I think Eric Bischoff's got way more of the heat spot, if you will. Um, you know, then, so I, I think, but Heyman's personality has always been, you know, it has been so antithetical to what the McMahons do and getting along with people. And he is the child who, if he's not getting the proper amount of attention, he will stomp his feet. Um, I, you know, the, the palace entry and the drama inside of that company is really the story, I think, more than anything else. And when you have, ships that are sailing smoothly that stuff is nothing people get along together and everything's fine and dandy sugar candy uh but these dudes i i, I don't know they, it, they can't even get out of their own way a lot of times when it comes to winter stuff and triple h taking over and what's kevin dunn got to do with this and what's this that and the other and who likes this person who's passing notes in class and all that shit all that shit is that doesn't happen at, at like fucking you know uh starbucks <laughs> that doesn't happen right. at apple they're not like oh this is a, you know and if it does they're able to kind of kind of squelch it or at least keep it down to a, a dull roar you know right right it's well very it's bizarre i mean it happens at some of the hollywood studios where some projects are this and that and you know that when they have oh, you always going to have your your divas and your right. drama kings you know, on set, but and I'm sure that's going to be the way at WWE, but it's not like it is now, man. It's just all over the place. It's just, it takes away, it takes so much energy, you know, out of the, the whole room to just kind of deal with all of this bullshit. You know, <laughs> it's the, who likes who in class and who's sitting at whose table at lunch and all of that shit. And that's, that's all that they're about right now, you know? Yeah. I, and I, I'd love to know just for pure curiosity's sake, how many people on the roster right now, and I'm just talking about main roster, um, how many of them are actually honestly, truly happy where they are right now? And I'm not uh, talking about monetarily. Yeah, not monetarily, but like creatively, and they think their career is actually right. going somewhere? That's a really right. great question. <laughs> I, don't, I can't think of many. <laughs> uh, well, uh, you know, it's hard to say because you don't really, unless you know somebody on the inside, you don't really know what the, these people are thinking unless they tweet it out and then you got to look at it a couple times to make sure they're not ribbing you you know you don't know so uh, uh but i would just be curious i bet there i bet there's a pretty good amount though well who's who who should be just looking at the roster who should be happy about their place creatively and what's going on Ooh, i think uh, probably seth rollins Probably. I probably think Alexa Alexa Bliss. Probably, yeah. I probably think Becky. Those people should oh, be I would happy. Think so. I think I think Bailey is in a decent spot, particularly com- compared to what she's been through for the past couple of years. 
Um, I would say three three months ago, you Bailey maybe wouldn't have, you wouldn't have said that, or you know, six right. months ago. That, that's true. This is how fortunes can change. Um, would you say Daniel Bryan? That's, that's a, a good that's, question. That's because, a kind of a tough one right I, now, right? Well, uh, here's it's just you don't know a lot of times if 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 the medical situation is playing into some of this. Like, yeah. I know he had a singles match this week on SmackDown. Daniel Bryan did, but you know, really, besides that, he doesn't get a ton of action. I mean, he, he gets a lot of screen time, but not a lot of action. Um, it doesn't seem like it anyway. So that's, I'm that's wondering. A great, by the way, that's a great distinction. He gets a lot of screen time, but he doesn't get a lot of action. You're, I, I, I think that's a really good way to put that. <laughs> oh, well, he does. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's I, that is exactly that is 100 percent accurate. So, so I don't know where he stands. It's kind of hard to say. You know, I, I, I'd, I'd, you know, I would hate to think that he would be happy right now. I, I, he might be frustrated because he can't do that something medic because of um, the medical situation but i i don't know if it, how much is medical and how much is wwe but i would think daniel bryan would have some leverage by now on how he wants to do things but you know you sign a contract you sign a contract and apparently well, he did so and also i mean you have to look at it this way too like if he if you talk about somebody who could do like the shoot interview from hell oh my god if yeah you think, if you think moxley and fucking punk torch the world Holy shit, he could Thanos this bitch. I oh, my mean, God, yeah. I mean, just listen to that book, you know, the audio book. Oh, my God. He can, he can do it, man. He can tell a story, whether it's, you know, right in front of him or if he's ad-libbing or, or what. And so, yeah, man. There, it's it's very interesting. Uh, did you... What about that, Robert Roode? What do you think Robert Roode thinks right now? Do you think oh, he's happy? No, he can't be. There's no possible way. There's but no Shelton possible Benjamin. way. I think he's happy. Who? Uh, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I, I saw the interview with Shelton. Uh, I, just, I don't know what the, what was that. What uh, you got me. And I, I have, you know, again, I don't know what they're doing with a lot of these guys. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, it, it's it's bizarre. Where's Rusev? Where, where the hell is he? What's there's, happened to him? There's probably about five people. I think maybe Peyton and Billy should be okay with where they are. I think maybe yeah. Mandy should be okay with where she is. I think Nikki was probably okay with where she is. AJ... Probably, and he's you know he just signed the new contract, and they're always going to use him. I think pretty well. And the Good Brothers now. now I don't. I I again, Braun Strowman, who was you know on top of the world a year ago or whatever, looked like he was going to just dominate for a long nothing. I don't, and I have no idea what this team up of Roman Reigns and Undertaker is all about. I have no clue what's going on there because Undertaker. It, they've fucked him up so much. I I don't think he has the ability to get anybody over right now. Mm, probably not. Not at least he's lost. I think he's lost a lot of cachet. Seems like it. I mean, I, I think the 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 awe factor is still there, but it's not like it was. You take away. I mean, and I would never. I would never try to minimize this at all. You take away that entrance, which probably is the greatest entrance in the history of pro wrestling I, I don't know that there's a lot there anymore and I don't know that the goodwill of 26 years or 27 whatever it is I don't know that that's gonna, it's not going to do anything for Roman Reigns right now no it's not it's not going to do a damn thing for him how much of um, how much of the fighter Fest thing did you see 
Uh, I'd say about 75% of it. I haven't seen every single bit of it. So you saw Cody get waffled with that chair. Yeah. Yeah. Still mixed feelings on that one too. What are you, what are your, what are your thoughts on, I mean, their, their explanation was, I think it was supposed to be gimmicked. I think they're kind of low key blaming Spears for that. Aren't they? They're saying that like he hit him wrong and shit like that. I, that's how it came across to me yeah, from what, what I've I read <laughs> and without naming, naming names. <laughs> um, then I, yeah, it does sound like they're kind of shifting in his direction as far as the blame. But they're also, you know, they're also saying that it was gimmicked up to, you know, like is that what you're saying that they was gimmicked up and he just hit him wrong? Is that? It? Yeah, I mean, I've, yeah. I've heard a couple of exp- different explanations. Is that the chair was done, and I don't know if he turned it around the wrong way or what he did. I know. I, I'll be honest with you. That uh, I can't remember her name now. That referee Aubrey, I guess, is her Aubrey, name. Aubrey, yeah. Girl Hebner. Her reaction was fantastic. I didn't even, I didn't even pay attention, Dude, man. you have to go back and look because it is it is some Tommy Young shit. It is so good. When, when oh. she, and, and, and psychologically as a fan, and it's a, it's a little bit over the top, but it did kind of need to be that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because remember, the, the Tommy Young thing was always psychologically – if if he's cringing that Wahoo McDaniel is you know slamming somebody or whatever, holy shit, this must be pretty violent because he gets to see this shit all the time. So as yeah, a fan, man, he, you're yeah, like, yeah, he's right damn. up in there. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing with her. She's she's freaking out here like holy shit. Yeah, yeah, I totally missed that. I didn't see it at all. Oh, she's she's fantastic, man. I mean, not just for that. She, I think she does a good job all the way I thought around. she did. Yeah, I was getting ready to say. I thought she. Yeah, I, I, not my, if I've seen her before, I don't really remember. But um, but she, that one, that match right there, yeah, man, oh. she did a great job. She did. She's she's incredible. And uh, but her reaction when he takes that chair shot is like he's he's being murdered on live television. <laughs> and then she gets over there and protects Brandy. I remember I saw that. Yeah. I mean, I, God damn, that is some. Again, that's some stuff that gets lost in the shuffle sometimes when people don't really pay attention a lot. But golly, she's, she, yeah. she was good as hell. That was great. I did see that. I definitely saw that. Matter of fact, I think Jr. or somebody said that she's made mention of that, that she's over there protecting her, you know. Um, but the thing about the chair, too, I was going to say that even if it was gimmicked up, if, if, if the room for – you know, a mishap is that small, mm-hmm. then you probably shouldn't have done it to begin with. Well, we, we're man, it is a different age. You know, we're we're in a different age for that shit. This is not 1997 ECW where it's it's the manly thing to do to put your hands down. Right, right, you know, right. You know too much of it. So you, those if those guys are going to have a woke promotion, which is essentially what they're doing, it's kind of a progressive promotion. Uh, they've got to be real careful about that. And you've seen them in the ensuing days try to walk that fine line and then try not to, you know, undo the kayfabe and et cetera, et cetera. So, they, you know, things can get pretty messy pretty quickly. Yeah, and, and, and I'm sorry. I, I've heard too many people. I don't think I've heard one person go, damn, that was awesome. That was an awesome no, no. You know, everybody's been like us, just kind of cringed when you think about it. And like I said, if it, Okay, let's say it was gimmicked, but if if the room for <laughs> for a mishap is that small, apparently, right? I don't think you have a room to argue that. Yeah, it's a risk reward thing. It's a risk reward thing at that point, 
Right. Absolutely. What are, you, what are you gaining and how, I mean, and it's, if he was, if that was supposed to be, and, and again, everything that happened after it was kind of weird. MJF coming out there and protecting Cody, was that? I, I was going to ask you, what is the, what was up with that? I don't, I, I don't know if is that's trying to make it seem more real. I guess. Like a heel come out or something. Yeah. Like even it was so appalling that MJF couldn't stand by and just watch it. I, I guess is what that was. They never really explained that. They just, all, I remember JR or somebody said that he was a big Cody fan or something like that, but they didn't really expand on it or expound on it. But everything kind of just went pear shaped on that whole thing. And he comes out there and tries to, and it's, and if that was supposed to be your face turn, that's a big fail. And if that was supposed to be Spears heel turn, that's kind of a big fail. Well, I mean, it's just never, it didn't make any sense. I, I just, you know, he just kind of came out of nowhere and did it. But I, I heard Cornette going off on the show again. God, he hates AEW. <laughs> he, he hates AEW so much. Well, he he just it starts well when you start out with the the Bucks and Kenny Omega being three of the top four people in the in the place. Right. That's not off to a good start with Cornette. <laughs> it's, 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 it's so you're already behind. It's I mean, I, I, I appreciate his dedication to like the hatred, which he you know, he's been doing for many, many years, but holy shit, I don't understand how you cannot see he I mean, clearly the Cody and Dustin thing he loved from the last show, but that battle royal at the beginning of that show, uh, that that show in Vegas that just yeah. killed him. That just destroyed him, and he was done at that point with that promotion ever. And I just uh, don't. I I wish there was. I mean, I'm I'm happy for him to do whatever it takes he wants to. It's his business, and I don't hate him for it. I don't necessarily agree with him. I just don't understand how. Okay, Kenny Omega did the thing with the little girl in Japan, uh, you know, five years ago or whatever, and we're just gonna hold that against him forever. That's just like the worst thing ever. And oh my god, and fuck you. Right, right, right. I'm <laughs> Thank with you. Fuck you, Bobby. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> I saw. As far I as he's concerned, there's so there's no. You see no value in what this guy does, and he's like now his latest take on on Kenny Omega is uh, he's like um, a bougie, highfalutin, artsy fartsy artist. Like it, it's too he's it's too much about that. And I'm like, well, you know, he's kind of like that, and he's very dedicated to it. But I don't understand how you can't look at his matches and go, God damn, that is a really good match. This guy's an excellent performer. Yeah, I'm not sure. Other than the whole five year old girl thing, I don't know why he would have such a beef with Omega. There's just, uh, God, I mean, there's just nothing about him strikes me as anti cornet other than that one thing. I know. And if you're going to hold that against him, I mean, he's damn. He's a good look. He has a physical style. He has these great matches that are, in many cases, brutal. I mean, it's and if you can't appreciate that, look, I, I can understand even you know hating on the young bucks because of the thigh slaps and all the flippy shit. I, I mean, I, I get that, but in between all that, you know, they do some pretty impressive shit. <laughs> they do, they they do, and but I think that I think a lot of the the super kick show just gets driven down your throat. Oh, so I get to speak. that. And, oh, I, and it, it, yeah. it, that's how I feel about it. You know, it just. It just it gets just over the top, and it, you see, it's just to the point. Now, I, I I could care less if I ever see another super kick. Oh, I'm I'm with you on that, and I mean sometimes those guys get a little too Chuck E. Cheese. I, I right. get all that. I mean the the complete babyface persona, and God, we're Christians and we love our families and our children so much, and all that. I mean that gets a little much, but you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't think that they are toxic or anything. They can just no. Be kind of, I mean, I'm not going to get a on them. No, no. They're just like a little annoying. <laughs> 
yeah, out of all of them, I, I, I'm like you. I can just definitely, I, I understand why people w- would not, you know, it wouldn't be their cup of tea. Oh, I, I think our friend Colt lost his title. Hang on. Oh no! Yeah, I think our friend he came back from uh, his blues, and I think he lost. I thought I think I saw that on uh, oh. one of the spoiler things for the the TV show. Well, well I'm gonna get, I'll get a card to send to him if you want to sign it. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> Dear Colt, feel better soon. <laughs> Sorry about your belt. Love the trolls. Uh, no, the troll is a 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 troll. Let me go. Let me. Cause I, he was. I can't remember who he lost to because he had like the NWA title, the national championship, or something like that. Yeah, the one that was. Uh, who made that? The, the who who made the, the the belt? The who gave the belt that cachet? That name? You know, oh, who was okay. the first? Who was it? Like Rufus R. Freight Train Jones. I think it was. I believe you're right. <laughs> I love Rufus R. Freight Train Jones. Rufus R. Man, nothing wrong with that guy. Oh, I, and I think Rufus R. Rufus Freight Train Jones. Seventies. I think he was Slick's stepfather or something like that. Is that right? I think I read that one time. Yeah. Okay. T-O-T-L-E. You know, Colts. Colts being sued by Phil. <laughs> yeah, Phil. Phil's having a sue cult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really sad. Quit, quit laughing. It's very sad. It makes me. It gives me Sorry, a sad. Stop laughing. It makes it makes me very sad to see these two friends going at each other like that. I know. It's, I mean, if, if there's a GoFundMe where I can go ahead and give a couple go, bucks it, to Phil, uh, I like. If there's a Go What Me, <laughs> oh, fun me. I was gonna say if it's a, the other one, then yeah, I, I'd contribute to that one. Uh, James Storm defeated Colt Cabana. Uh, for the NWA national title. Uh, at the ROH Best in the World TV taping, the NWA national title changed hands when James Storm defeated Colt Cabana. Cabana, who is currently out of action with a leg injury, was doing uh, an interview that was interrupted by Storm. Storm would attack Cabana, leading to an impromptu match between the two, with Cabana agreeing to put his NWA TV or national title on the line. Storm wasted no time taking advantage of the injured Cabana, submitting him with a half crab. Well, that's funny. Beat him with a half crab. Yeah. Wow. It's a really nasty bruise. Apparently. I mean, it's like at least a quarter in circumference. No. Yeah. I'm not oh kidding. Oh, my God. I'm not shitting you. It's very sad. I didn't, man, I'm sorry. I didn't realize it was that, that It's huge. bad. And I think in Chicago. I know, here I am laughing. I'm so fucking sorry. I know. Yeah. See, look what a heartless bastard you are. I know. I'm terrible. I think in Chicago, uh, if you look at it long enough, I think there is an image of Jesus that's forming in that bruise. So people are coming from as far away as like South Bend to go. Uh, that's a, uh, how about that? That's a. This is my new gimmick. I'm going to be over here in South Bend and you can take a look at my Jesus bruise. Only $5. That's going to be like. <laughs> <laughs> you can go into my studio. I'm in Chicago. Look at the Jesus Bruce. Go to digitalcult.com. Buy a Jesus Bruce t-shirt. Buy a Jesus Bruce bandana. I think you would charge to let people line up and come by and touch it and like rub it. That's exactly right. That's exactly what's happening. Apparently it's causing the blind to see. (laughs) (laughs) I love being mean to this guy. Fucker deserves it, man. Yeah, fuck this guy. Sorry. 
until I hear an apology, I'm not letting up. Uh, this is from the Jewish Journal, dated June 24th. Call Cabana on Ring of Honor, Scotland, and his bar mitzvah. Dare we deep dive into this one? Yowza. Uh, past or present? No one has had a career like Colt Cabana. Not only a popular and world-traveling professional wrestler, writes Darren Paltrowitz. Who that? He's a writer for the Jewish Journal. A beat writer for the Jewish Journal? Yeah. I had no idea that the pro wrestling writer at the Jewish Journal was such a prestigious job. I had no idea myself. It's a big one. He he just covers this. He ever, he covers Cabana and Goldberg. Those are like the only two guys. <laughs> <laughs> he could cover Lexi Kaufman. Is there anything? Oh yeah, he got Lexi Kaufman too. That's true. Everybody everybody's talking about how hot her mom was in that three sixty five. Dude, her geez. mom is. God, she's super cute and her voice is cute too. And jeez, that kills me. Yeah, she's something. Kills me that she's happily married. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cole Cabana has also found success as a podcaster, entrepreneur, actor, comedian, author, and documentary filmmaker. Oh, he's a jack of all asses. I mean, trade, but <laughs> <don't> <laughs> wrestling road diary six, jack of all asses. While many wrestlers feel they have made it, quote unquote, when getting signed by WWE, Cabana has been far more successful in the ten years since leaving the company in two thousand nine. Sure. Far more successful. He's been sued mm. by his best friend. What could be? Yeah, how about that? Uh, after hanging out with people who were suing him, so you know, extremely. <laughs> Beyond hosting his weekly The Art of Wrestling podcast and continuing to tour the world as a wrestler and comic more weekends than not. Well, he's been out of action lately because of the again the quarter size bruise. Yes, yes, God. Cabana appears weekly as an announcer and sometimes wrestler for popular wrestling company Ring of Honor. Summer 2019 also brings his seventh appearance at Scotland's Edinburgh Festival, Edinburgh Festival Fringe, which runs from August 2nd through the 26th. God, he's got a whole month to heal up before he goes over there. Wow. Um, I had the pleasure of doing Q&A with Colt Cabana about his past, present, and future. To put it simply, this interview will remind you that anything is possible when you're sowing the seeds of love, including Mm -hmm. a long-term career as an entertainer and or athlete, when you work hard, say yes to new opportunities and don't take no for an answer. Well, so far, no cliches in this story. Not at all. Should I'm I give 110 percent? Should I have a good attitude at all times? You know, Brian, it doesn't cost anything to treat people nicely. Well, how far does it get you when you sow the seeds of an asshole? <laughs> That's what I'd like to know. Does he talk about that at all? Jewish Journal asks, you've been successful as a wrestler, entrepreneur, podcaster, actor, comic, and author. Maybe I'm leaving out a title or two. Is there a way you like to be described career-wise? Cold answers, yes, a complete asshole. No, no, he doesn't say that. I think above everything, (laughs) I'm a a pro wrestler. And in this case, this would kill David Bixenspan because there is a hyphen between pro and wrestler. Oh, no! Bixenspan would lose like 12 nights sleep over that. It would just kill him. Oh, I do a lot of stuff adjacent to the in-ring stuff, but it's only possible to do that stuff because of my in-ring work. I am a performer. I have hustle, and I want to keep a roof over my head, but I just love performing and feel the most comfortable when I'm in my spandex in the middle of a wrestling ring. Wouldn't you like to How do you be feel like, like Rick? Wouldn't you like to be at like if there's an arbitration hearing or something for? Or a deposition for this lawsuit with him and Phil. Wouldn't you just like to be in the room while the two of them just like stare fucking daggers into each other? Oh, fuck yeah. That would be amazing. I'd love to be a character witness. Oh, <laughs> that's so good. 
Question, when did you first realize you were going to be fine in your career without a traditional day job? Cold answers, that's a loaded question. I was working as a teacher's assistant in Deerfield, Illinois, when I thought I made enough money as a wrestler to quit that gig. At the time, I made about $6,000 a year as a wrestler. My career was only going to an upward trajectory at that point. I was 23. I knew I was going to wrestle full-time until I wasn't able to make a living wrestling anymore. Sometimes I told myself in my own head that at 30, if I hadn't done anything of worth in the wrestling world, I would go to National Lewis University and get a teaching certificate still going strong, and I'll be 40 next year. You'll be a teacher just like somebody we know. Yeah, exactly. Well, no. I think the people we know are good teachers. So. Well, yeah. Okay. And they're not assholes. Big difference there. Yeah. They're not. Yeah, exactly. You're sort of a gateway wrestler in that lapsed fans and people who wouldn't normally watch wrestling may get roped in by watching you. Do you remember when you first realized that it paid to be original and not a traditional character? Cold answers. Mm-hmm. There was a period in my career when I was a wrestler just like everybody else. Then there was a period when I started to be a little silly and started using my sense of humor in matches. There was a stretch of about a year or so where I would read online that wrestling fans really started especially enjoying my performances. It's at that point where I realized how important it was to be the wrestler that stands out at the show. To be the wrestler that people remember and an impression is made. And that's how I've grown over the past 20 years. And I am by no means an overnight sensation. But I've gradually stood out to individual fans for so long on so many shows that I've cultivated an audience. Mm. This summer, you're going to be in Scotland like you've been in so many past summers. How do your shows at Edinburgh compare to those of the comedy shows you do in the States? Well, they're 50% less funny. (laughs) (laughs) Which is saying a lot, because I'm pretty fucking... They'll they'll make the... You have to listen to some of those podcasts, because some of those comics will make references to current events and political situations, and he is fucking clueless. Man. He has no idea. Donald Trump's the president? When did this happen? What? He wants to fuck his daughter. When are you making that up? I don't think that's true. You remember that one, that Paul Simon song, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. One trick pony. Yeah. That's all that horse will do. Uh, That's all it'll do. The Edinburgh Fringe Festival is like nothing else in the world. There's over 4,000 shows every single day in the middle of this town in Scotland for 25 straight days. In America, there's shows here and there, but the comedy and theater, it takes over the town. If in Edinburgh doing the Fringe and not seeing a show, then it's odd. What a fucking simpleton. Yeah. If you had your way, would you be touring as a comic the way you currently do as a wrestler, being on the road more weekends than not for one-nighters? If I had it my way, I'd be doing it the way I'm doing it. I like to wrestle as long as I possibly can. Other means of comedy are just done because I'm unable to wrestle 365 days a year. My preferred method of comedy to the masses is through my wrestling styles and matches. Edinburgh aside, what's coming up for you career-wise? A lot of wrestling. I travel and work with Ring of Honor, which is on weekly television, along with traveling all over the world as a performer. It never stops, because Sinclair is an asshole company, and that matches up <laughs> my personality perfectly. <laughs> Since this is for the Jewish Journal, I feel compelled to ask, what was the theme of your bar mitzvah? Six Flags Great America. He, he literally, that's true. Oh, really? Yeah. I'll be honest. I wanted to be wrestling, but at 13 in 1993, the WWF wasn't very cool. I didn't want to be made fun of. If I had to do it all over again, I'd stay true to myself and do wrestling. Finally, Colt, any last word for the kids? Do your homework. Shalom. Literally his answer. 
do your homework. Yeah. And if your friends are turning on you, it's maybe because you turned on your friends. Think about that. Hmm. If everybody has a problem with you, maybe you're the problem. Just hmm. saying. I'm going to sip my tea right now. Yeah. Uh, what is this? This is from Ringside News. The headline, WWE made some impressive creative decisions on Raw this week. Did they? Hmm. Did they? <laughs> Uh, there was a very interesting moment in the early moments of the show. The camera accidentally cut to the Street Profits backstage just standing there. Did you see that? Did you notice that? Yeah. <laughs> if this was a botch, then Kevin Dunn needs to just retire because that's a bad one to make. Otherwise, we're leaning toward the theory this was a part of the show. Soon after the opening match, Sterling and Bobby Lashley went through the raw set. This caused a huge explosion. Corey Graves said, holy shit, the S word isn't a word W usually says on their TV programs at all. Are you guys... They're just buying... Is Bill Apter writing this fucking article? <laughs> what, what, what the fuck is this? I I don't know. Carl Anderson put his wife on the line in a bet if AJ Styles couldn't beat Ricochet. His hot, hot Asian wife. His wife, yes. Yeah. Then AJ said that he hopes Anderson doesn't forget about putting his wife up on up on the line in a wager with, uh, without about a predetermined sport. WWE usually shies away from the idea of betting wives on their television show, right? Later on... Machine Gun K.A. was pumping Alan Jones Styles, and he mentioned Japan. They've done this before, but the uniqueness of the storyline was rather refreshing. Was it? I didn't... Um, I think so. Uh, the Undertaker brought up a match he had with Shane McMahon at WrestleMania 32 during his segment as well. Bringing up a match that happened three weeks ago is uncommon in WWD nowadays, so mentioning something happened in 2016 is pretty impressive. Is it? We also had... A god-awful backstage promo with Seth Rollins and, and Becky Lynch playing a bad Lucy and Ricky routine. So, yeah, that was bad. That was horrible. But then Maria Kanellis showed up with Mike Kanellis and challenged into a match while calling her husband my bitch in the process. That was weird. Okay, so I will remove Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch from my list of people who may not have a problem with WWE Creative right now. Later on, Corey Graves repeated that on commentary as well. So they said bitch twice. Nice. During her crazy shade throwing at Mike Canales, Maria Canales said that maybe she should get Becky Lynch to impregnate her next time. This implies a lot of things, and none of them are necessarily TVPG. To close out the show, WWE did a legit dusty finish. AJ Styles won the title, but Ricochet's foot was under the ropes. Another referee went in the ring to inform the original referee and went to a commercial break. This is an old-school finish we haven't seen in quite some time as well. AJ turned heel to conclude the show, and in the process, he delivered a top-rope Styles clash on Ricochet. Not only is the Styles Clash a move that WWE really doesn't have Styles do much anymore. Yeah, he went to the calf crusher a couple of years ago, right? Right. <laughs> that uh, stingy old calf crusher. Well, that's effective. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but one from the top rope is especially risky. It happened this week to sell the angle because it was needed and this was a good decision. We're not sure how much Paul Heyman had to do with any of this or whose hand was really a huge part of tonight's show, but something seemed to be clicking for WWE and appears as if they're going somewhere... It doesn't suck for a change. Congratulations, WWE, and we really mean it this time. Oh, I don't. Hey, I don't know if you picked up on it, but when uh, Maria said that to Becky about uh, maybe or, or about Becky, that maybe she should get Becky to impregnate her. Impregnate her. You and the, some some dude in the audience in the way in the background, you heard him go, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Yeah. By the time most people will be listening to this, um, 
Cameron Grimes will be making his WWE Network debut on that NXT breakout tournament. Cam Grimes. There he is for all the world to see. So that'll be very interesting, and we'll be seeing yeah. we'll be seeing old Cammy at the end of the month down at Irish Potato Road. That's going to be surreal. That would be hilarious. You know, I would love for them to do an Irish Potato Road street fight. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty fucking funny. He probably knows Irish Potato Road pretty well too. Something tells me. Something. I'm gonna throw some Irish taters at you, son. Uh, Universal champion Seth Rollins is manning up and apologizing for tweets he recently sent to Will Ospreay. And he's vowing to be better going forward. As you'll recall, Rollins and Ospreay got into a minor tiff on social media last week. The convo centered around the best wrestler in the world ended with the architect bragging about the size of his bank account. Seth addressed his comments via social media on Tuesday, saying, After a few days to sit on it, I'd like to apologize to Will Ospreay for the tweet I sent his way about comparing bank accounts. It was dumb of me and not in line with my values. The moment I pressed the send button, I knew it was trash, but I'm too stubborn for my own good. I stand firm in my sentiments that WWE is the best pro wrestling on the planet, and I'm the best of the best doing it now. After a hell of a week of travel, our crew didn't waver for a second. Top-level humans busting their asses for the love of the game. I couldn't be more proud to be a champion with this company and represent WWE and the entire industry in the way it deserves. No more garbage tweets. I can and will be better. And Will Ospreay accepted his apology. So I thought that was nice. Yeah, that was good. It was the right thing to do. It was. I'm a, it was a pretty shitty thing to tweet that. I mean, that was just that was just a shitty thing to tweet, man. Although, I got to tell you, a, a lot of that stuff, uh, that kind of bitchiness, I mean, the, the NBA thrives on that, right? Oh, yeah. That's all oh. the NBA is fucking about right now, and I don't like it, but it's. I, I would be, you can't really say it hasn't helped make the sport more popular. Yeah, because everybody wants to take sides, man. It's so much bitchy, mean girls bullshit, but people are always... And I would also note that over the past weekend, the NBA's version of the Superstar Shake-Up, way better than the WWE's. <laughs> way better than what the WWE ever tried to do in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, not even close. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't like it, and I, I but it's a lot of people get into that stuff, and it has helped, I think, make the sport more popular. So yeah, I don't, I, yeah. if you're if you're like Seth's boss, I don't know if they even have enough vision in that company right now to go. Eh, okay, you shouldn't have done that, but now that you did. Let's go with it. You I'm know? wondering how much of that was Seth and and maybe his buddies and close friends and maybe Becky or whatever, or and how much of it was actually WWE saying you need to go on and tweet this apology shit. Well, you might be right because those guys are zero fun. When it comes to that shit, but I think yeah. it's, I think it's silly for him for them to make him do that, right? I mean, it's, just, yeah. it's just as silly for him to go after the way he did. I mean, I, look, they want guys like him. The defense he was making of that company is exactly what Vince wants from his guys, and that's the one criticism I had was like, oh, you're just kissing Vince's ass with this shit. I mean, it may have been what you really felt, but it ends up being like you're you're Mister Ass Kiss. So. I- you know, I can't help but wonder: Would Seth really feel this way if he wasn't holding a belt? Well, if he wasn't making the money that he's making, if he wasn't in the spot that he is right now, yeah, I don't know. It would be very. I don't know if he would be quite as vociferous in his defense of world wrestling entertainment. I, I yeah, I bet it wouldn't. Yeah, it wouldn't be as laid out like that for sure. 
This was Osprey's response to the apology. Honestly, nothing but respect for you, sir. Just a little bit of banter in my mind. I've followed your career since you were Tyler Black. I know it's not all the money, and it's about the love. Keep flying your flag and having fun. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Let that be that. And, I mean, nobody was really thinking that. That's the other thing, is that, well, it's not going to be good unless they, you know, it ends in a match between those two. It's like, it's like, but that's not, that's not even what this shit's about. That's such an old school way of looking at things. You can't even, I don't think you can even look at it that way. No. Um, So I'm glad that's squashed. Uh, Jonathan Gritz Gresham has been announced for PWG Battle of Los Angeles. Wow. Cool. Also known as the Dave Meltzer Open. (laughs) The first two entrants have been confirmed for this year's Battle of L.A. Who's the other one? uh, Jonathan Grisham, second wrestler to be announced for Battle of L.A. is Spanish wrestler A-Kid. A-Kid, which um, was the name of a Radiohead album, wasn't it? Oh, no. I believe (laughs) Kid A, was it? Oh, all right, yeah. This will be Grits Gresham's first appearance (laughs) in the Battle of Los Angeles. (laughs) A-Kid. Uh, we didn't know what to call him, so we just put A-Kid on the birth certificate. Fuck it. Is, his br- is his brother the? <laughs> B- no, B-Kid. A-Kid. Or B-Kid. C-Kid. Yeah, yeah, I got yeah we, just, we weren't very creative. We just went, yeah. We were, we're big fans of the alphabet. <laughs> Makes it easier for him when he has to sign his name. We're, we're looking big, out for him in the long run. We're big alphabet marks. <laughs> Guess what the only cereal we ever had in our house? <laughs> Uh, hmm. Guess what the only soup that we ever had in our house was? <laughs> what about the only Franco-American product you ever yeah, had here? exactly. <laughs> this will be Gritz Gresham's first appearance in the Battle of L.A. He made his PWG debut in this January and has wrestled three matches for the promo. I mean, I think going to that thing would be incredible. I also, oh, yeah. think, I also think that it would be like you going into your garage right now, closing the door and just staying in there and sweating your balls off for about five hours. <laughs> I think that's what it would, from what I hear that room is like. <laughs> be like Poff Town that time. Exactly. Oh, Jesus. That was high, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe that's where it was. It was one of those places we went. Poff Town was bad, and uh, that up up in Rockingham County was bad that time, too. It went oh, yeah. That was bad in all kinds of ways with, with your sneezing. My, oh, and, my allergies were dying. Allergies. Oh, my God. Again, it, it being such a mark. <laughs> 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 but you, you get to be a mark right along with me like, Hey, why is Steve Carino wearing all white to the ring? And his hair's dyed like really blonde. I don't get. It. Oh, I don't know. Is he coming? Is he like the uh, the EMS driver now? Jesus what is his gimmick? God. It was like, hey, why is BJ Whitmer wearing all white? Why, is it is it John Travolta tribute night? And we missed it. Where's the where's the mirror ball? That is get. crazy. I didn't know they were gonna have. What? Wait, he's bleeding. They, they honestly could not have telegraphed more. There will be blood in this match. If they like a giant glowing fucking blinking sign over the ring. Yeah, we just damn. Men are just, going to be bleeding in this match. They may as well just had a big neon sign on fucking, walking I mean, down the way. The ghost of Ron Wright coming out with a chisel and shit. I'm gonna go ahead and get you with the chisel. <laughs> this week on. Um, on the stud cast, he finally gets to fire that big Jim Hess guy. <laughs> big, big Jim, Jim Hess. Big Jim Hess was his announcer when he first came to Knoxville and, and um, had the show on the shitty station. Mm-hmm. And they fired him from the shitty station right at the same time he was leaving to go to the good station. Okay. And so he got to tell, uh, you know. And Jim Hess was, I think, part of the ownership of WTVK in Knoxville. 
Okay. Not to be mistaken with WIVK, which is the legendary country music station. Mm. Um, so he kind of gets to, he's able, at the end of the thing, he, he kicks uh, Big Jim Hess out of the meeting with the boys. So he says, wait out there. And he tells the boys, we're leaving, we're going over to channel, channel 10 or whatever, or channel 6, whatever it was. And uh, we're going to do way better and fuck these guys. So then he goes out and he hands uh, Jim Hess's money and he says, uh, you can kick rocks. He basically he like goes off on him and stuff. And I think you had, he's like, you had something to do with this. I know you got me off the station. You've been a, a thorn in my sign and a pain in my ass this entire time. And the, these next two words are going to make me so happy to say. <laughs> it was really great. Sure. Because this, this is good because they've been building this up for a little while on on the stud cast about Big Jim Hess and you know where it's you knew where it was coming you know what it, the eventual end of it was going to be and <clears throat> it did not disappoint they built up very nicely with it yeah and they immediately go over to the other channel and they just start doing kick ass shit they were doing like instant replays and they were doing split screen shit and they had a beautiful like um, that Greek statue I think that they also would show on Memphis Wrestling yeah, yeah. That, I think they they filmed that there, put it on like a turntable, and had it rotating. I mean, they were doing like yeah. it was it was some crazy shit for like 1975 or whatever. So so was Hess like undermining yes. him the whole time? Fucking I didn't he know would, that. yeah, fucking Hess was fucking like he thought he was a wrestler. He would talk shit to the guys on the set, making them seem completely emasculated. Like, oh yeah, I want to pay like ten bucks to go see a guy that just got dressed down by a guy who's like. Out of shape, fat announcer. Cool. Yeah, take my money. Right. Okay. Yeah, I didn't realize it was that bad. Oh yeah, he, he was ridiculous. And like the only people who liked him were like the the rights. They were the only ones. Oh, okay. Gritz Gresham is under contract with ROH. He defeated Silas Young in a pure scientific rules match on last week's Best in the World pay per view by giving Young a low blow and submitting him. That's irony. That is irony, right there, sir. Hmm. I saw. I did see one at the CWF Arena one time, where um, and Co- Coach was was actually managing, and I can't remember who was wrestling, but he bought his guy in the ring, the other guy in the ring, and they took like all these weapons off of the guy. Like he had a, he had like one of those miniature baseball bats and a knife and all kind of shit. Yeah. And the referee found it before the match. And the the twist was, and I think this was Brad Stutz booking. I'm pretty sure they went on to have like a really good scientific clean match. <laughs> and I thought that was like a brilliant way to do that. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Um, so Gritz Gresham submits him with the octopus after Young had used all of his rope breaks. This okay. year's uh, Battle of L.A. is taking place at the Globe Theater in L.A. I don't know if that's a new lo- The old location was like, ugh, holy shit. I don't even know where it was. I think we know what uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez would have called it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to say it's just very interesting to see all these people who are experts on concentration camps step up and go, you know, she's not wrong. <laughs> well, I'll bet you that place they wrestled has some toothpaste somewhere in there. Probably, yeah. And I bet people were drinking, like, something better than toilet water. I would think. Maybe. Even uh, the old rusted-out, worn-out gym that I played basketball in when I was growing up in Davie County. I mean, windows broken out and yeah. locker room smells like, you know, sweat from 1910 that has been, right, you, know, right. you know. But I would drink out of that damn water fountain. And, and you know, we didn't have to drink out of toilets and that old nasty shit. It's you crazy, know. isn't it? It's cra- yeah, it's amazing how that works. I don't know. 
this year's Battle of LA is taking place in the Globe Theater Friday, uh, Thursday, September 19th, Friday, September 20th, and Sunday, September 22nd. And strangely enough, the Globe Theater is located just off of Irish Potato Road in Los Angeles. <laughs> How about that? I didn't know there was more than one of these. <laughs> There's 24 entrants in the tournament with the winner receiving a future shot at the PWG World Championship. What if they have parking attendants? What's that? What if they have parking attendants out oh. there? At least somebody directing traffic. Yeah, can we? I mean, would it would it hurt to have somebody from the sheriff's department out there? I mean, you made us pay five bucks to park, which I don't, you know, I don't think is bad. But would it be orange? Was that L.A. County out there? L.A. County Sheriff's Department? Would they need to be out there? Okay, that would have been them. After they're not trying to deal with Jim Rockford's bullshit, they got to go out and (laughs) direct traffic. Jim, this is your cousin Robert. I'm sorry I missed you all, buddy. <laughs> Say what you want to. Nobody rocked the sports coat like that motherfucker. Right. You know, he had the vents on the sports coat, so he put his hands in his pockets and it would kind of go in that little slit there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, that's fucking brilliant, right? Awesome. Yes. God damn, those are great sports. I mean, it was, really, it was like one sports coat. It was like the Hounds Two thing or whatever. But it was still, it was killer. Yeah, he, he wore the hell out of it, and it wore the hell out of him. Who is the pro wrestling gorilla champion? Kid B? Let me see. <laughs> it's like the Vianos. They get, they get down to like Kid X. Kid X is the one you want to be, because that's pretty cool. Dude, <laughs> dude, that's that's my shit. If I was a wrestler, I would want to be Kid X. Kid X. <laughs> Yeah, have, have a big X across your mask on your face. That'd be sweet. Uh, the very first PWG champion. Boy, this is some shit. What I, year was it? What year was it? I can't remember. Ought three. Who? Are they still around? They, they in fact, are still around. This person defeated Joey Ryan in the finals of a 16-man tournament. August the 30th, 2003. Sammy Callahan. You're not that far off. It's Frankie Kazarian. Whoa. The second one is our good friend Scrap Iron Adam Pierce. I you know, I never knew he won that. These are this this is like a who's who of pro wrestling, the people that held this title. Alan Jones Styles, Brian Danielson, God, Chris Hero, Kenny Omega, Davey Richards, the artist formerly known as Claudio Castagnoli. Kevin Steen. There's wow, Sammy I didn't know Kevin Steen won. I had no idea. Sami Zayn as El Generico. Didn't Adam know that Cole, either. Adam Cole Bebe. Dang. Uh, Ricochet. Good Lord. And what the that? current PWG champion, and I should have known this, and I feel like I'm a dumbass for not getting it. He won it on October the 19th of last year at an event that was called Smokey and the Bandito. God bless them for that. The Hawaiian shaka motherfucker Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb, I completely forgot. I know. I love that guy too. Right? Yeah, he's he's great. I need. I want to listen to that podcast, the Jericho podcast he's on. I think it was last week. Jeff Cobb is he's life right now. All right. Any other odds and ends you wanted to talk about before we sign off? Uh let's see. Um, no ROH. Hadn't seen that in a while. Hadn't yeah. seen uh, Impact. Well, you need to watch I, the oh, one yeah. where you can't get submitted so you can watch that title change. Oh, yes, yes. Let me bookmark that. Um, but I was going to say, did you see that Impact may be going to Access TV? There's wow. 
rumor about that. So wow, that's good. I'm glad I'm, they can be why seen would, again. Why would Axis want them? <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe they're, you know, since they're in real good with NJ uh, New New Japan, NJPW. And they're in good with Impact, apparently, aren't they? Aren't, don't they intertwine some? A little, but not as much or as they... Inter- I'm thinking ROH. ROH intertwines that, and yeah, makes sweet yeah. love to New Japan more than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. So, yeah, good question. I don't know. Why would they want them? I Unless, at this point, it had to be... I wouldn't pay them anything for that show. No. Honestly, I I would, if I was Access, if I was Access, I'd rather have MLW on my network than that shit. I would, too. A hundred times. I would too, and 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 another thing too. I I, I remembered. You remember the the picture we took when we went up to Virginia, Martinsville, mm-hmm. and saw that TNA show a long time ago. And we took that picture with those. Uh, it was uh, Eric Young and the two tag team guys. Yeah, it was Team Canada. Yeah. Well, no, it, it, it wasn't. I thought it was, but was it, it wasn't. Wasn't Petey Williams one of them? No. What, no, us. You're right, Petey Williams. I, it was no, I meant. I'm sorry. It was Petey Williams, Eric Young. Yeah, that was Team Canada. You're right. I'm mm-hmm. confused. But there was another one. Where I think maybe there was just the tag team themselves. They, they were kind of young, young buckish looking. Okay. Yeah. Like their size had long hair, like rock and roller dudes. And I never could remember their names. Well, I finally figured out who they are. Who is it? It was the Naturals. Oh, the Naturals. Okay. Chase Stevens and uh, I can't remember the other dude's name, but yeah, I, that was just something I had to tell you. Because well, I, I, after all these years, it. you finally figured it out. Yeah, because I've, I've been looking it up you know, everywhere, trying to figure out who it was, and I couldn't find it. You know, and and just kind of fell on my lap over the weekend. I'm like, wow, the Naturals. Uh, so there you go. Andy Douglas and Chase Stevens. Andy Douglas. Yes. There you go. Andy Douglas. I never remembered him, but yes. Best known for their work in total nonstop action. So they have been booked by Mr. Russo, and that is the key to success in this industry, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Bryant can be followed on Instagram and on Twitter, at Bryce Sports, B-R-Y Sports. I am on Instagram, B-Dub4Reels, B-D-U-B, number four, R-E-E-L-Z. Hey, what'd you think of that apron that was signed by Henry Winkler that I took a picture of yesterday? That was sweet, dude. Yeah, Where was nice. that? That was at uh, Vito's. Vito's in Greensboro, serving you your Italian favorites. How about that? I wonder when he was there. I think it said uh, February 28th of this year. Wow, that's really weird. Yeah, bizarre, right? I don't know what he was doing in town or anything. Yeah, huh. Um, I can be followed on Twitter at Britt Whitmire. The show can be followed on Twitter at Katie Vick Alive. And you can shop at our Amazon store, which is katievick.com. katievick.com. Till next time, fans, we'll see you ringside. Fans, that'll do it for this week. See you next week. And until then, so long for now.